0: Welcome to a podcast of Wyoming Chronicle, where we tell the stories of Wyoming in a weekly program of interviews with newsmakers, artists, innovative thinkers, and unique Wyoming personalities. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. Close your eyes for just a moment. Now imagine the perfect candy truffle, English toffee, dark chocolate or milk chocolate, bit of perfection. It's not made with sugar, perfected with honey the candy that is shipped all over the country is made here in Wyoming at Lovell's Queen Bee Gardens next on Wyoming Chronicle Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.
1: We have about 300 million employees. Only 11 of us are human. Queen Bee Gardens started back in 1976, when my father and my uncle took an old family recipe and started making honey candy out of it and turned it into a business. Wyoming is the perfect place for raising bees and gathering honey because of its diversity. We're on a hundred different farmer's land, and so the bees are getting nectar from every different kind of flower that's out there. It makes the honey very light and mild, which is very good for candy making. In candy making, you take a flavor that's not there and you create something and we show up to work and we get to do something different every day because of the hot days and the cold nights, the bees are mean, but I actually think it makes the honey a little bit sweeter. Why am I here? Because Wyoming bees make the best honey, that's why. Welcome to Queen Bee Gardens. Here we go and take the honey that was made by the bees and we turn it into candy. One thing that's really neat about our honey, I believe, is we cover 100 square miles, 100,000 irrigated acres, millions of different flowers, and I think that's what makes it so mild and sweet. And the bees will go and take it and make it look like that. And then we will take that, spin it out and make it into our beautiful, tasty honey candies. We extract the honey about six miles out of town, and we bring it in over here. We bring it into this tank, which holds about 5,000 pounds of honey. We then pump it up through this pipe to fill bears and things out the front door that we sell, and then we pump it through this pipe to fill the kettles. Back in 1991, I believe, we burned down, we were about, eight miles east of town. And the town really came together and this was an old grocery store at the time and they cleaned it up and made room for us so we could keep making candy. And it took about seven weeks to start making candy again from the day we burned down. And we use copper kettles because copper distributes the heat evenly. And honey is a very fragile substance and it burns very easily so we use copper and what's called vacuum cooking now tell me what does a vacuum do this is what i do to the fourth graders that we have come in and they all say ooh, ooh, it sucks that's right and that's what a vacuum cooker does also so we have the candy or we have the honey and the butter and the cream in here we have the fire underneath we bring it up here and we turn on the vacuum and it immediately It sucks the candy up into this part of the pot, drops it back down, sucks it up, drops it down, and it cooks here for about an hour and a half. 99% of every recipe that we make is the exact same thing when it is cooked here. It's when we take it over to the mixer over here that the magic happens. Here, we mix in pecans, almonds, coconut, chocolate, depending on what we're gonna make. If it becomes a honeymoon, we put extra pecans in it, roll it out on a table, and then roll it out with this, which makes the each individual honeymoon center. And we used to call them turtles, and they look just like a turtle. But we were at a trade show, and we beat out Nestle in a taste test contest. And Nestle said, change the name or we'll see you in court. These are our chocolate melters. This holds 1,000 pounds of melted milk chocolate, 250 pounds of white chocolate, 250 pounds of dark chocolate. And each of these boxes holds 50 pounds worth of chocolate. In five 10-pound bars. All the kids in the elementary school tours were like,
0: oh, I want that!
1: Our chocolate doesn't have waxes or fillers, so it will melt at room temperature. So if you're sweating, the chocolate is melting, and that makes it really hard to get it around the country to our customers. But it tastes so much better. When we first moved into this building, we hand-dipped everything. Now we only hand dip honeymoons, peanut butter truffle, some white chocolate truffles, and organic truffles. Everything else is run through either this enrober or this enrober, this is dark, this one's milk. And you put the ganache here, it runs through the waterfall of chocolate. And by the time it comes out way at the other end, it is cooled down and ready to be put away. When we cook the candy in the back, we start off with 100 pounds of ingredients. I have 65 pounds of honey. We have butter, cream, and other things that go into it. And then we bring it out, and we pour it on these tables to let it cool. And once it's cooled, I will roll it up and put it into this machine over here. This machine just gives me a spot to hold 40 to 50 pounds worth of candy. And it's called a batch roller. Go figure, it rolls back and forth. I then, massage the candy down into this next machine, which is called the Sizer. And it does exactly what you think it would do. It sizes the candy from this size all the way down to this size by the time I get it all the way through. A batch will make about 7,200 pieces of candy. This chunk, uh, maybe 500? I don't, I'm guessing. We then put the candy into this machine, which goes down here, and that knife cuts the candy off. At the same time, paper is coming around from here, this knife cuts the paper off, the plunger pushes the candy into the paper, comes up over here, the fingers wrap it close. This is uh, our best-selling pecan pearl, it's a honey caramel or a honey praline. And this is the oldest machine in the building. We don't have an actual date on it. The company that made it started in 1913. And we believe this is a 1930s or 40s machine. We really couldn't have become a candy business without the honey. We used to have bees in Colorado and we would take honey from up here to eat down there because the honey down there was so strong. The honey here is very light and mild. So it's easy to be turned into other things without much of a problem. So it makes it that really, we could have done this the way the world is. We could have built this business almost anywhere, but because of the honey, this is the only place that this business could have been built. So that was a honey caramel. When we make a truffle, we put it into a bucket and we mold the bucket, and each bucket gets individually molded with these scoops, and each bucket will make about 800 truffles. Once they're molded, if they're not enrobed, they're brought here to be hand-dipped, and what what they will do is they'll go back to those chocolate melters, they'll get a bowl full of chocolate, and they'll put it in this hole, and then they'll take the center, dip it in the chocolate, and put it on a tray. Once they're done, they're brought back here. And this is my favorite room in the whole building. So when you walk into this room, just take a deep sniff through your nose. This is where all of the um, chocolates come to cool down. If they're not cooled properly, they will bloom, which is like, it looks like there's a white hair in your chocolate. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, it just looks bad. and But it still tastes amazing. These truffles all get put into gift boxes. And so we have all the different kinds of truffles that we make back here. This one's all milk, which is a milk chocolate honey mixture in the middle, dipped and decorated with milk chocolate. Almond coconut, you'll never guess what's in there. Almonds and coconut. Of course, honey and dark chocolate. My brother's personal favorite, uh, Black Forest. It has chunks of cherries and chunks of English toffee. My personal favorite, caramel in a milk chocolate and white chocolate center. And then of course, cherry, everybody's favorite, dark on dark, but not mine. dark raspberry, French vanilla, Fonse French, fudge, grandma's fudge, macadamia, midnight gold, pecan, looks like we need a few more of those, and then raspberry. This room holds mainly truffles, but it also has um, Be Joyful Bar and Berific Bars. This room here holds truffles, honey caramels, energy bar, and the far room holds English toffee, whipped honey, honeymoons, bark, and haystacks, I believe. These three rooms have about 5,000 pounds of candy ready to be shipped at any given moment. And if you notice, these rooms are also a little cooler. They're set at about 65 degrees. So the candy isn't melting back here and it is in perfect prime condition, ready to go out to the customer.
0: And it's our pleasure to be at Queen Bee Gardens in Lovell, Wyoming with Jason Zeller. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on Wyoming Chronicle. Hey, thanks for having us. We have teased people at the top of the show about the magic that happens here. Um, And you have allowed us to taste some of the candies that you make and we'll talk about those a little more in just a little bit, but oh, it's so good. It's It's like Willy Wonka. Oh, (laughs) this this is a great gem of a place in Wyoming. Let's let's talk a little bit about the history of Queen Bee Gardens, and and, I mean, your family's had a presence here for over a century.
1: Right, I don't know how many greats ago it was, but a great-grandfather started collecting bees so he could get the honey from the Shoshone River bottom, and that was back in like 1905. And generations later, my father and my uncle wanted to be in the honey business. But there wasn't enough money in just honey. So my grandma took an old Scottish recipe, an old family recipe that she had, and started making honey candy out of it. And that has made it so we can still work in the small town, still work in the family business, and still be able to live here.
0: So when did Queen Bee, is it Queen Bee Candy? Queen Bee Gardens. Queen is. Bee Gardens Candy. When did that really start to evolve?
1: Uh, 1976 is when my father and my uncle wanted to join and when they started the business itself. Um, it was about five years later, they, my grandma and grandpa were just coming back from a food show and my grandpa said, do you really want to keep doing this? My grandma's like, are you kidding me? We just barely got in the black. Of course we got to keep doing this.
0: <laughs> how um, how do you decide what types of candies to make here? There's, oh. some, there's such an, a wide array and, and it's my opinion, they're all great.
1: It's um, It's a long process sometimes. Sometimes I'll make something and it'll just turn out beautifully the first try. And other times I'll have to go through trial after trial after trial to try to get it to taste the way I want it to. And then even after all that, we have people taste it and say if they would buy it kind of thing. And then every year we have products that we have to get rid of because they're just not selling well. Mm-hmm. And when it's some of those products that are ones that I have come up with, it really tucks on the heartstrings <laughs> like, I really like this. I don't want to get rid of it. <clears throat>
0: Your candy is world-class candy. It just is. But you do it here in Lovell. Have you ever stepped back and say, what if we did this in a big city or something like that? Uh,
1: I I have thought about that because a lot of places rely just on the big city to do their product, to to sell their product. And we um, are in a small town and we can't rely on just Lovell to keep us in business. We have to branch out and get to more places. One thing that Lovell Inc. director Elaine Harvey said was that we need more companies like Queen Bee Gardens. They provide jobs in Lovell, but they get the money from out of state. And that is a great thing that we do, but the real reason is the honey. The honey that is made by the bees in the Bighorn Basin is just so light and mild that it can be put into any sort of flavor That you want without harming the taste of the honey itself. Like if you have a dark Orange honey, for example, it's really hard to overcome that flavor with something else But it's really easy to take our honey and make it into an orange honey stick.
0: Is it a challenge to? bake your beautiful candies with honey instead of sugar? Is that, is that hard to do?
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> That's probably one of the reasons why sugar has become so popular is because honey burns very easily and is hard to cook with. It's more liquidy than sugar. It's sweeter than sugar. And you have to adjust your recipes to be able to make it work. If you're used to cooking with sugar, cooking with honey will be like hitting your head against the wall. you'll you'll burn things over and over and over again trying to get it right.
0: Give us an idea of your markets. Um, People were at a storefront in Lovell. I'm sure they come through the door, but that's not the only way they discover you.
1: We used to go to health food shows in California and Baltimore, Boston, San Antonio, and we would mainly sell our product to health food stores. We are a healthier candy because Honey is the main sweetener instead of sugar. Um, And so mainly we go to mom and pop health food stores around the country, and that's our main market. But recently we've opened up a store front in Grable and another one in Cody. And so the Cody one with being the east entrance to Yellowstone is really helping get us out to more names just because of the tourists that are going through there.
0: Is it hard for you to ship out of level? Is it harder for you to get the basic components that you need to make your candy to level?
1: The chocolate that we use in our chocolates come out comes out of California. The the cream comes from Cisco or UNFI, depending on who's mm-hmm. carrying it that week. The honey comes from our bees, so a lot of the base products aren't are right here already. But um, Getting it out is a completely different story because the chocolate doesn't have the waxes or the bentonite in it that makes it so it doesn't melt. And so we have to insulate and ice everything, especially this time of year, to be able to get it from Lovell all the way to the East Coast without it melting.
0: Give me an idea of... Is it a few hundred thousand? Is it a million? Is it two million pieces of candy that come out of here every year?
1: Oh, I thought you were talking bees. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> well, there's probably that's probably in the millions too. I'll bet.
1: Um, Bee-wise, it's a hundred thousand per colony, and we have about four thousand colonies. So if you do the math, that's about four hundred million bees. In the Bighorn Basin? No, just that we have. Oh my goodness. Um, and then Bryant's down in Worland, they have. I don't know, they probably have eight or 10,000 colonies. So there's a lot of bees making a little amount of honey. How much, uh, how much honey do you go through? We, as Queen Bee Gardens, we go through about 60 to 70,000 pounds of honey every single year in the candy. And we make anywhere, like this week alone, we made about 100,000 pieces of candy. On average, we make two and a half to three million pieces of candy a year.
0: How has COVID impacted what you've wanted to do? COVID
1: has really hurt our base because we do, as I said, we do a lot of mom and pop health food stores. And back when we were starting there, you couldn't get natural or organic products anywhere but those mom and pop health food stores but now you can get them in Costco and Walmart. You can get them just about anywhere you want. Costco and Walmart were allowed to stay open during COVID. The mom and pop health food stores are dying and our base is going away because of that.
0: Does Lovell have, is there, is it great altitude for you? Is it the humidity, um, the, is it the perfect environment to make these candies, would you, would you say?
1: I think so, because I have talked to people on the East Coast that say it's 60% humidity out and I can't get my machine to run. And I'm like, 60% humidity? I haven't seen that in a year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and So I'm running great. Um, that I think, like my, my grandpa would always say that the hot days and the cold nights would make the bees a little bit meaner, but it makes the honey a little bit sweeter. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds good, so the altitude definitely helps with that.
0: Your bees, Jason, are here in Wyoming, but they don't stay here the whole year, is that right?
1: That's correct. They used to, back when I was a kid, when I was in high school, the bees would winter in Wyoming, and we wanted them to winter here because we're afraid if we moved them to California in the wintertime, they would get mites. Well, they got mites anyway. And so we're like, well, we're losing 30 to 40% wintering them. Let's ship them to California and see if they can live a little longer. And on shipping to California, it's only about 25, 20% B loss. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. we pollinate the almonds at the same time. So it's a double win.
0: Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? You know, not really. Oh, I think you are in the truest sense of the word. Really, I'm just
1: trying to to make a living. I, I used to animate, and I liked creating things, so I took that into this business, and I started creating different flavors of candy, different, like an energy bar or a honey stick or a whipped honey, all creations that I've come up with. And to me, I'm just... Animating so, and I'm making things, creating things here, so I don't really consider myself an entrepreneur, I can't even say that word, uh-huh. but um, I, I'm just working with my creative mind and enjoying things.
0: Are there different times of the calendar year that are busier for you? Um,
1: oh, absolutely. Um, now through December will be the busiest time. We're extracting honey, And so half of the crew that's making the candy is out in the field with the bees. And so the remaining people are a lot busier because half the people are gone. And then come October, November, December, Christmas time is a huge crunch for us and definitely our busiest times. And then um, once Valentine's Day is over, then we have a lull and that's when, during that lull is when I start creating again
0: you can find queen bee candies queen bee garden candies across wyoming
1: we're in mom and pop health food stores across wyoming and actually we're in mom and pop health food stores across the nation you can find us in new york city you can find us in california texas florida at our website you can go to the store locator and you can type in your zip code and you can find the nearest store to you that sells our candy sure how many
0: stores are you in in the country do you know
1: oh last time I checked we were over 800 stores in the country
0: and and growing all the time
1: I definitely hope so
0: if you were going to expand you were telling me earlier that you really want to focus on the Rocky Mountain West is right. is that the case
1: that would be nice Um, one of the reasons is as I mentioned earlier our chocolates like to melt in the summertime and the Rocky Mountains are a little bit cooler and they're a little bit closer, like shipping to Florida will take four to five days. And if it's five days and you don't count the first day, that means it's sitting over a weekend. And so it's just melting in Florida. Well, in the Rocky Mountain region, it's three days at most, and most of the time it's above two to 3,000 feet of elevation, so it's a little bit cooler, so it helps the candy travel better.
0: Step me through a decade down the road. Okay. What am I gonna see at Queen Bee Gardens then?
1: a decade ago, I didn't think you would see um, yellow and black on our storefront, but here we are. Um, Very
0: easy to find, I will say.
1: <laughs> my, my sister said the planter boxes that we have outside that are painted yellow and black really jump out to you, and I thought, well, if those jump out to you, maybe if the whole store was that way, it would jump out to you. It does, <laughs> I will attest. Um, I would like to see us in a a big chain where I don't have to say a specific health food store, you can find us there. I could say, hey, you can find us in Albertsons or you can find us in Winco or something like that. So people can just go to their local store and find us. In 10 years, that would be my goal.
0: And, and we'll see what happens. Jason, when first people try your candy for the first time, they've been used to maybe what they've gotten in a box of Russell Stover's. What do, what do they tell you the difference is? What do you see in their expression?
1: Oh, oh. it's all in their face. They're like, holy cow. How have I not been eating this my whole life? <laughs> the um, amount of waxes and fillers that are in the candies, that aren't our candies, I should say, are a lot, um, there, there's a lot of fillers, I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of, and when you get down to the pure ingredients, it really helps a lot.
0: Well, Jason, our viewers have seen the tours that, that you gave us earlier. Um, I can tell you, your candy is just awesome. Thank you. It's really good, and we really appreciate spending time with us on Wyoming Chronicle. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you for coming.
0: Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.